everybody, welcome to Wednesday night. Thank you for uh, tuning in. And we're continuing on in John chapter 9. Um, picking up with verse 24 this week, we're going 24 to 34. We're going to cover 10 verses. So <coughs> buckle in. We're going to go over for a little ride. Anyways, um, verse 24, I'm just going to read through the text itself and then I'll, we'll, we'll expound a bit. So for the second time, they called in the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. I don't know whether he is a sinner, the man replied, but I know this. I was blind, and now I can see. <coughs> but what did he do, they asked. How did he heal you? Look, the man replied, I told you once. Didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they cursed him and said, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Well, that's very strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. You were born a total sinner, they answered. Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. It's an interesting little back and forth there between the blind man and the Pharisees. Um... So, anyways, we left off. Uh, remember last week, his parents were called in to, to attest to, is this your son? Was he blind? And how is it that he can see now? And they said, oh, I don't know. Yes, he's our son. Yes, he was born blind. We don't know how he can see now. Ask him. He's old enough. That's where we left off, right? So they call him in again. It says, so for the second time, they called in the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. So the crazy thing is this. Um, God should get the glory for this. And basically, if you look at how the, the blind man is take, doing things, God is getting the glory, right? He keeps saying, Jesus healed me. This guy, Jesus, healed me. This is what he did. He healed me. He is giving God the glory. He doesn't realize that Jesus Christ is God at this point, but he is still giving God the glory, you know? And we know, we, I can say that he is giving God the glory because of what it says in Joshua chapter 7, verse 19. It says this, Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, by telling the truth. Make your confession and tell me what you have done. Don't hide it from me. So you want to give God the glory? Tell the truth. How did it happen? Tell the truth. Give God the glory. He said, This man, Jesus, healed me. He put mud in my eyes. He told me to wash, wash and now I can see. God, you know, he's giving, he's telling the truth. So that's one one way of giving God the glory, by telling the truth. The other crazy thing is that they say, we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. They don't know that. They're lying. They don't know that Jesus is a sinner. They have no proof of him ever doing any wrong, except their, their, their um, accusations of him healing on the Sabbath, which anybody, except for the Pharisees, you ask them, has Jesus done something wrong? And they'll be like, no, he healed a man. I mean, how is that wrong? Right? How is it wrong that a man has been healed miraculously? It's ridiculous. So moving on. I don't know whether he is a sinner, the man replied, but I know this. I was blind and now I can see. I like the fact that this man makes no assumptions. He says, I don't know whether he is a sinner. That's beyond me. That's between him and God in a sense. I don't know if this man is a sinner, but I'll tell you what I do know. I was blind. And now I can see. I like that. I like the fact he makes no assumptions. He doesn't like buy into the Pharisees' 
train of thought. He doesn't give in to peer pressure. Secondly, you know, he doesn't give in to peer pressure. They, they are pressuring him. He does not give in. He stands his ground, you know, and that's commendable for a man in his position. I know this. I was blind and now I can see. What does he do? He states the truth. This is what I know. He states what he knows. He doesn't speculate. He doesn't, well, this might have happened. You know, he just said, this is what I know and that's it. The truth and nothing but the truth. Then the Pharisees continue to say, but what did he do? They asked, how did he heal you? Look, the man replied, exclaimed, I told you once. Didn't you listen? He's like, you know, this guy's got guts, man. He is, he's not chastising them, but he's throwing it right back in the face. I already told you this. What's wrong with you? You know, why do you want to hear it again? And then he makes an, this is where he does make an assumption. Why do you want to hear it again? He assumes, do you want to become his disciples? Is this why you want to hear it again? You know, <laughs> which they really get heated about, right? <laughs> they really get heated about in verse 29. Then they cursed him and said, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. Now this, here we go. Verse 28 and 29, we're going we're gonna to get into something that you're like, okay. Now, oh, wow. Okay. John 5, 15. 45 to 47 says this, pertaining back to verse 28. Yet isn't I, yet it isn't I who will accuse you before the Father. Moses will accuse you. Yes, Moses, in whom you put your hopes. If you really believed Moses, you would believe me because he wrote about me. But since you don't believe what he wrote, how will you believe what I say? If they were true disciples of Moses and knew how to accurately divide the word of God, they would see that Moses, when he spoke prophecy, was speaking about the Messiah and that the Messiah is Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ fulfilled the prophecies. Moses, Jesus is the one Moses spoke about. So it's funny that they say, you're a disciple, basically, to the blind man. You're a disciple of this guy, Jesus, but we're disciples of Moses. But a true disciple of Moses would know who Jesus was. And I'll tell you why. Verse 29, we know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Numbers chapter 12, 6 to 8. And the Lord said to them, now listen to what I say. If there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, would reveal myself in visions. I would speak to them in dreams, but not with my servant Moses. Of all my house, he is the one I trust. I speak to him face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. So why were you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses? Is that one point in numbers? You know, I think, um, talking to Aaron and Miriam, you know, they criticized Moses and God talks to them. So you go, then from Numbers 12, 6 to 8, you go to Exodus chapter 33, 11, first part of 11. It says, inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. And... <clears throat> Now, if you're going to do like a good study of the Bible, if you read Exodus 33, verse 11, you have to go read Exodus 33, 18 to 23. And this is what this says. Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. For I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face. For no one may see me and live. The Lord continued, Look, stand near me on this rock as my glorious presence passes by. Excuse me. 
passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. So he said, whoa, 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 hold up. Um, okay. Earlier on in the same chapter of Exodus, it says that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. Then, later on, in verse 18 to 23, God says, the Lord replied, um, verse 20, You may not look, look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. And in verse 23, he says it again, but my face will not be seen. But then you go back to Numbers chapter 12. And you look at verse 8, and it says, I, the Lord, speak to him face to face. Now, is this a contradiction? This is an obvious contradiction, is it not? Unless you consider this, the Trinity, the Trinity. God the Father, no one can see him face to face. So when Moses was in the tent of meeting in the tabernacle, and, God, and the Lord says, I speak to my servant Moses face to face, who is he actually speaking to? If God himself says, no one may see my face, whose face can he see? Come on, come on. Whose face can he see? He can see Jesus Christ's face. What are we talking about here? We're talking about a pre-incarnate Jesus Christ showing himself to Moses and speaking to Moses face to face in the tent of meeting. Pointing this out to Aaron and, and Miriam when they're coming against Moses, Moses and criticizing him. God, the Lord says this himself. I speak to Moses face to face as a friend. That's Jesus Christ. Now, do you see what I'm talking about here? Now we go back and they say, we are the disciples of Moses. And Moses would tell them, hey, dummies, wake up. That guy, Jesus, he is him. I've seen him face to face in the tent of meeting. I speak with him face to face because he is my friend. And, and then you see that on earth, when Jesus Christ comes to earth, not in his pre-incarnate state, but as when he's born on earth as a man, we see those everybody who saw him for 33 years saw him face to face. They saw the face of God and did not die because they were looking at the face of the Son of God, not God the Father. Okay? So, I don't know. If you just had your minds blown, I'm sorry. Let's put it all back together again. Let's track with me. So Moses was speaking to the Lord. He, when he was speaking to the Lord face to face, he was speaking with a pre-incarnate Jesus. Okay? And that's we know this because of what it says here. Exodus 33, 18 to 23. God the Father, the Lord, says, No one may see me face to face and live. No one will see my face. So then you look at the Lord in the same chapter, verse 11 says, I speak to Moses face to face. You might think it's an actual, um, what's it called? You might think of it as a contradiction. But it, it is not a contradiction. It is not a contradiction. God the Father's face may not be seen by a mortal man, by a sinner. But the face of Jesus Christ, the Lord, can be seen by man face to face. Okay? <clears throat> and I think this is a great thing because we also know that at the same time, the Spirit of the Lord rested on Moses. So we right here in the same we're seeing that the Trinity is alive and well. As far back as Moses, you know, I'm not saying like there was a beginning to it, but like all the way back, we can point out, look, the Trinity's here. Same chapter, the Lord talks to Moses face to face. The Lord tells Moses, you can't see my face or you'll die. That's God the Father. The Lord who speaks to him face to face is God the Son. And the Spirit of the Lord rests on Moses. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity. Pretty awesome, huh? 
pretty awesome. So Moses himself, when they say we are the disciples of Moses, Moses himself would attest to the fact that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Jesus Christ is the one to be followed. He would totally blast these guys. Totally blast these guys. So verse 30. Now this guy, his logic is impeccable. The blind man's logic is impeccable. It's excellent. Just listen to this. So go back to 28 and 29. Just read those again. Then they cursed him and said, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. And then we know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. I'm like, we know God spoke to Moses face to face. Yeah, you, you, that was Jesus. Jesus was the one speaking to Moses face to face. And then the blind man picks it up. Well, that's very strange. The man replied, he healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from. So what he's saying here is this. You can't heal somebody if you're not from God. That's what he's saying. You cannot heal someone if you're not from God. The devil does not heal people. The devil breaks them down. The devil kills people. The devil does not heal. Jesus Christ heals. God the Father heals. Only God can heal. That's what this man is saying, right? So... Well, he's, he's basically, he's getting now, now he's getting an insight. The blind man has an insight into who Jesus Christ is. Well, that's very strange, the man replied, verse 30. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from. He's going to school the Pharisees a little bit now. It's like, here, listen up. Everybody sit down, sit down. Let me tell you a little something, something. Right? Verse 31. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners. We know that. Right? But he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. So he's attesting to the fact that Jesus Christ is doing the will of God, right? And worships him. Listen, look at Zechariah chapter 7, verse 13. Since they refused to listen when I called to them, I would not listen when they called to me, says the Lord of heaven's armies. When God calls you, calls to you, and you don't listen, folks, he's not going to listen to you when you call him. When God speaks, listen up. It's like I tell my, my kids, you know, hey, hey, get up. And they just ignore me. Hey, get up. And they just ignore me. And I get up and say, hey, get up. And they look at me like in fear. And I say, when I tell you the first time, you snap to it. Next time I say, get up, I want to see how you bouncing up to your feet and get over here quickly. Or there will be repercussions. You know, there will be discipline. Micah chapter 3, verse 4. Then you beg the Lord for help and then you beg the Lord for help in times of trouble. Do you really expect him to answer? After all the evil you have done, he won't even look at you. You know, so that's the prophet Zechariah, the prophet Micah, attesting to the fact that if you want to ignore God, well, you're not, you're going to get the same back. You reap what you sow. We all know this. You reap what you sow. Now, if you want to disobey God, if you want to 100% just, you know, blank him, well, you're not going to get a whole lot better back, right? So God listens to those who worship him and do his will. That's what verse 31 says. Then the man continues. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. True enough. Verse 33. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. John chapter 3 verse 2. Nicodemus attested this as well. He says this. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. There you go. Who can pull a miracle if he's not from God? No one. No one. 
Now, can there be counterfeits and like these weird illusions and all this wacky stuff done by the sons of Satan? Yeah, definitely. But not a true miracle that lasts and sticks, right? Not a true miracle that lasts and sticks. So this man, the blind man's logic is beautiful, beautiful, you know? Then they, basically, they really get upset with him, right? And this is how we're going to end it. They really get, you were born a total sinner, they answered. Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. You know why they threw him out of the synagogue, right? Because he would not yield. He would not yield to their, to their peer pressure, to their um, domineering things over them. He wouldn't yield. He just didn't care. And that's exactly the attitude we have to have as believers. The world is just saying, this is, what, this is who God is. This is what you need to believe. This is this. This is, you know, whatever it might be woke agenda and uh this whole uh cancel culture and stuff and you have to say i don't care what you guys say i'm not doing it that's wrong that's wrong god is god and i'm gonna follow what god says i will be obedient and god will honor me for my obedience so it's interesting they just they literally revert to the most childish thing to do they basically do the equivalent of you're playing basketball and the guy with the basketball is losing, so he grabs his basketball and says, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home so nobody else can play now. Like, oh, okay. Or an equivalent that we used to have in the States um, when somebody said something maybe really nasty to you or insulted you or something like that, we would say, back growing up in New York, we'd say, ha, 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 I'm the rubber, you're the glue, whatever you say bounces off of me and sticks to you. Boom. Done. I'm clean. It's on you, buddy. Right? So it's all childish ways of dealing with things. Obviously, what you say to me, if you say mean words to me, even though I say, proclaim myself to be rubber and you're the glue, they don't actually bounce off. Right? They actually hurt, right? And taking the ball and leaving because you're a sore loser is a childish thing to do. They're both childish things to do. And this is the same kind of behavior that the Pharisees resort to. They resort to, we're going to kick you out of the synagogue because that's the only real power they have. They rule over this really small thing, the synagogue, right? And they say, we're teaching the people the ways of God. But they're not actually teaching people the ways of God. And you've come to find that they don't actually have much power, do they? They have this little bit of authority that God has allowed them to have. But in the end, they got nothing. They have no authority. They have no real power. They produce no miraculous signs. They can't do anything without God. But then Jesus Christ is coming around and he's healing people. And the blind man sees it. A blind man sees it. He sees it. None of this could be done if this man were not from God. Because we know God doesn't listen to sinners. God listens to those who worship him and do his will. Obviously, this man is from God because he healed my eyes. And we know from the beginning of time, no one has ever been able to heal a blind man. Well, obviously, this guy is from God. So that's how much he knows. He knows Jesus Christ, this guy, he knows this man they call Jesus is from God. That's what he knows, right? And that's where we need to continue to move on with. We need to know that where we are, where we stand with God. Because this guy knew where he stood with God in a, in a sense because he knew he knew how to judge and discern if a person was from God or not, right? And then um, he didn't give in to the people lording it over him or trying to um, basically <laughs> um, bully him into saying what they wanted him to say. He wouldn't give in. Now, the beautiful thing we've learned tonight is this. When God, when even though these guys are disciples of 
They are disciples of Moses. Moses himself attests to the fact that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He is God. If you want to go back to, if you listen back to it, you can see this from Numbers chapter 12, 6 to 8, Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, and Exodus chapter 33, 18 to 23. Proves that God the Father, his face cannot be seen. But God the Son, his face was seen face to face by Moses himself. And Moses attests to that. And the fact that the Spirit of God rested on Moses, we see that in Scripture, means that the whole Trinity was alive and well and present in this chapter of Exodus. So have a great night. Um, I'm hopefully, um, you can take this and do some more studying on, on your own and really get into it. God bless you guys. Have a good night.